dollar bill, y'all. Cash moves everything around me. Cream, get the money. Dollar, dollar bill, y'all. Oh, yes. Cash does indeed rule everything around us, friends. Hello, and welcome to the May 9th episode of RBA Dirt's Municipal Mania, which is all about the dollar dollar bills, y'all. I'm Melissa Vaughn, and today Jesse Perry, Francesca Lee Davis, and I go all in on the city's upcoming 2019 fiscal year budget. Budget season makes folks a little crazed, and we are no exception. So put on your swim trunks and let's dive into this pile of coins Scrooge McDuck style. Two months ago, Mayor Stoney presented his budget, and the process got kicked over to City Council to move through. Since City Council received the budget, they have received presentations, asked a ton of questions and made some amendments today we're going to go through three categories of the amendments first things that city council added to the budget second things city council removed from the budget and lastly ideas that they had that they either wanted to add or remove but those ideas failed in the true spirit though of chilbertian rules of order we're going to set a timer for each of these categories straying from chilbs when the timer goes off we're actually going to end discussion and then just move on no but waits or just a quick question or just a couple more things no excuses we are cutting it off when the timer goes off please if there's no if there's no objections could we please extend the time absolutely for the, not for the rest of the people there will that are in line always be objections <laughs> no you have to do it the same across the board every meeting thank you mike jones <sighs> thanks so if there are no further objections, our first up will be talking about things that uh, city council. Um, oh, I don't added have enough the, time. Nope, nope. And, nope. And I don't I have enough have information, information. So can we continue this custom discussion? Mic, do I have a button? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. So first up, we'll talk about the things that city council added to the budget, and I am clicking start on said timer. Got it. Now. So the first thing was money to reimburse the restaurateurs for the amount of money it cost them to basically collect the meals tax. So this is $700,000 in fiscal year 19 and $1.4 million in fiscal year 20. And the only caveat is that they have to pay the tax on time. Other localities do this, the ones that have meal tax, aka Henrico, they do reimburse the amount of money. So... What do you guys think about that? I mean, I think other localities do it, and that was one of the main things that the horde of restauranteurs walked in with. Oh my God, we're not gonna pay know, these credit card fees. It's too much, and so they, that's exactly what they. Sound and that's like exactly yes, yeah, so I say that's a a dead on impression. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I mean, I think I think it's I mean. It's being considerate. It's being fair because other people surrounding us, I think Chesterfield does it too. Other people, uh, localities already do it. Um, and so maybe that'll make them happy. And then we won't have any more, you know, fight the meals tax signs up in people's business windows. People getting all angry and cursing out and council and stomping off. It's in not a that huff, serious. In it's a just pork your kids scented education. huff. My gosh, it's not that serious. It's just your kid's education. So the one thing that I remember listening to the budget work session that was a pretty big back and forth is how they can make sure that this money does not touch the meals tax. Mm -hmm. So basically, of course, making sure that that money doesn't take any money away from the schools. They're very clear and specific on that. Um, So the good news is they found a way to do it. Bad news, other things are uh, being added, which takes us to the next thing that may or may not be a perfect amount of money if this is what they decided to add for the reason they decided to increase the vehicle license fee in the city hmm. by $7. Mm-hmm. So it's now going to be $40. Which is above the state allowance for what they can charge. Just hoping to sneaky sneak that one in there. Yep, yep. And so hopefully nobody in the state cares or notices. So there are 17 other localities uh, out of the 250. Hmm. <laughs> so clearly the state doesn't care that much. No, and we're hoping yeah. to slide that under the under the radar, I guess. So that's what? That's $1.2 million? I believe so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Is the gain on that? Which, my my big thing is after listening to it, the argument that's pretty much like, well, if the state's going to let us do it, we should just do it. <laughs> Freedom of the Dillamo. Where was that for the cigarette tax? They let I don't us know. do that too? Because it wasn't about the state, boo-boo. It was about the big, bad, green giant that sells cigarettes down the street. But anyway, go ahead. So heads up, your vehicle license fees might be going up. They are going up, yep. Yeah. But nobody nobody complained about that. I mean, that's a that's an increase in a tax, mm-hmm. you know, and 
you didn't have people coming to that budget meeting screaming about it. Nope. Which is interesting since Richmond loves to scream about a tax increase. So, well, people get really touchy about their cigarettes. Clearly, they don't care about their cars. Clearly, not. insurance. I mean, license fees. They don't care. It's not a big deal. So now you're going to have higher license fees. And if I remember correctly, the fees, they finally fixed the fee schedule. So you're going to pay more in tickets, too, when you park that registered car in the wrong spot when you're not supposed to. Oh, gosh. I just remembered I still haven't paid my parking ticket. Oh, <laughs> Lord. Don't we all have one of those, like, little green envelopes floating around the bottom of our purse? No, I don't. Dear God, I have it's t- been at least a month. No, I have a total anxiety attack. When uh, I Did I not text you all this weekend and I asked? I was like, can I park in this parking lot? Yeah, oh, you yes. did. Oh my gosh, I so really I scared. I showed it, you know, I showed it to George and I was like, that is some sketch parking lot. That's over at the train shed, right? Yeah. The newly renovated train shed. And there's two of them over there. And it is dark. Yep. There's hardly any lighting. And the pay the pay machine, I found it as I was pulling out. It's in the middle of the lot over Just so like, you'll know, this is definitely counting against the time. Oops, sorry. Oh, okay. Go ahead, my bad. So we're do- we're doing a, a, a Chilbert tangent. Yeah, we like, were. Sorry. Get it together, y'all. We're at right. ten minutes. Right on. Okay, go, 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 go. Anyway. Oops. So another thing that they decided to implement. First of all, it was not what was originally pitched. What was originally pitched was a fifty thousand dollar grant for people to get a hundred dollar reimbursements if they install security cameras on their private property and allow the police to use the footage, basically. Here we go. Mm -hmm. So what actually got implemented (laughs) was not $50,000. It was closer to $2,500. And it was originally called planning, but that has a negative connotation, as in it's an assumption that this is going to happen. So now it is $2,500 study Study. to determine the feasibility of it. We're going to do a study about a study. Yeah, girl. To pay for a study. Yeah, girl. Because you know how we like to do that. Yeah, girl. I, that was not the timer, by the way. That's just people text messaging me. Oh, okay. Jesse, I'm just popular, so popular. It's fine. Yes. Anyway, so I, I think I'm very against this entirely. I am very against the security camera idea. Well, yeah, because it stupid. feels like, I mean, for businesses, maybe for businesses, I could totally get down with this. But for regular homeowners, I feel like it could be used for vendettas. Well, I feel like, <laughs> I mean, so it, is it your it's choice like, to turn it over or... Are you now obligated? No, you I think you're obligated. If you take the so, money. All right, so who, who, who's Which is controlling? Like big but, brother. That's what I'm saying. So who are, do they have all the time access or only when they request it from you? Because if they have all the time access, I'm like, oh, that's a little weird. Are they going to see me running out to get my mail? In my drawers. In my drawers. Yep. I mean, I think that's where the uh, $2,500 study came into play to determine the feasibility and how it would work. No, that's down. My problem is that First of all, there's already a hundred security cameras that are going up along Broad Street with the mm-hmm. BRT program. Mm-hmm. And let's see how and that works first. Exactly. Those are going to have direct feeds to the police. Let's see mm-hmm. what actually happens before we start incentivizing private citizens to mm-hmm. play Big Brother. Mm-hmm. Right. Second of all, you know, I think uh, that I have an issue with the idea of. I think Mike Jones actually put it the best way: the ethics of a program like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's. To me, there, there are the people that it hurts are people of lower incomes. And the police's response to that was, well, that's why it's a reimbursement. It's to help people of all income levels get these security cameras. But it won't be lower income folks getting the security cameras. It'll be them on the security cameras being accused of, you know, going around trying to open people's doors. If only, if only. Because a security camera that is monitored and can hook up into a system costs way more than a hundred bucks. Yeah. Well, that's Absolutely. what I wanted to know. Why? Why is the? Why is it so expensive? Because a security camera. Maybe it's the infrastructure it needs to, the technical stuff to get it back to the police. I don't know. Maybe it's that. I don't want. That. I don't. I'm sorry. I so good news. It's just a study at this point. Bad news. It is still a thing they want to do. Yeah, and they want to get the money. Okay. So the next one is probably another hot button one. Okay. It's the retirement money. So this is about $17,000. Let's break this down. Hey, Jesse. Yeah. Why do part-time city council members need a retirement fund? They don't. No. Um, (laughs) Are you sure? This is a really big deal. Yeah. Oh, it's such a huge deal. Wait till you hear how much they're getting. 
So this is putting it into uh, appropriations for this f fiscal year, $17,000. The way this is not them being part of the entire retirement plan for the city. This is just them being part of the savings account, which the savings account, of course, is really an investment account where you can get capital gains, yada, yada, yada. Fine. So basically the way this works is in years one through five, city council members would get 5% of their salaries, the whopping $25,000 salaries, put into an account. And then that money, of course, subject to investments, could possibly grow. They don't have to put in money themselves. This is not a match. Then after at year six, it goes up to 6%. And then I believe the longer their tenure, the more money they get uh, as far as the percentage every year. But the caveat is there's a five-year vesting period. Hmm. So what this... <laughs> What this means is none of the current council people will actually get access to this or start to accrue any of it unless they get elected again. Mm. Oh, and good luck to some of them on mm. that. Yeah, mm. yeah. So they are not able to make this retroactive to where they would be able to count their years of service previous to this going into effect. Sorry, Reva. So that means all of the current council people are starting their time clock to get to that five-year vesting period as of July 1st, and it'll slowly accrue. So slowly. And then they can start getting their three dollars. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gonna retire on that three dollars. It actually, if once they finally found out that they were not able to retroactively increase or, and retroactively count their service, mm -hmm. they almost threw it out. I bet they did. <laughs> because, but at the end of the day, they realized, well, we've already appropriated seventeen thousand dollars for this, and we'd have to go figure out how to rebalance the budget. So let's just put it in there. Anyway. And because uh, I was going to say, if they throw it out. Screw all these new council people that might come after. <laughs> this is so amusing to me. So we're at like a four and a half minute warning. Ooh. Heads up. Time clock counting down. Okay. Uh, we have a couple more items, though. There's a ton of stuff that we're not mentioning. But one I want to give a shout out, of course, to uh, Parker Agilasto for increasing funding for libraries. Yay. So that they can stay open longer and on Sundays. And I mean, seriously, if I had had that option when I was going to school, it would have been really nice to be able to go in and do research later at night or on a Sunday when your paper's due the next day. Well, and <laughs> if you think about all of the people that might not have access to the internet or computers that want to apply for jobs, for jobs, yep. it really becomes a community hub where we are able to go to programs there, people that need to use the computers, you can read. It, internet, it yeah. might be a warmer, cool place just to be during the day for some people that need that yeah yeah so good on you parker doing the good work again they also i don't they created an office of inspector general that's separate from the city auditor's office all they really did was reallocate money from one office and put it put into it an in inspector it. general office sorry the inspector gadget theme just popped into my head inspector gadget dun, 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 dun. yeah ooh, ooh. we don't even need a clip there we got it got it covered right Got it covered. So I think those were pretty much the big items. Other than I will mention um, the hot point of contention always on these things is how many district specific things get added. Yeah. So you'll see things like $500,000 for a green space in one specific neighborhood yep. or money for a very specific park. Or a very specific community center. I saw mm -hmm. one in there. And this is something that Councilman Agilasto brought up in the last council meeting was to say, you know, this system of government is never going to work as long as we keep putting in things that are district specific. Mm -hmm. If you want to have things that are fixed for roads, you should just allocate money for roads. It shouldn't be such a line item. I think you saw that there was money for uh MacArthur Avenue beautification. Yeah, so there's $2,300 put aside for streetscaping on MacArthur Avenue. And I'm like, it looks pretty streetscaped over there. Looks pretty good to me. Or um, 25000 25000 for the Carytown Merchants Association because they remember them coming to public comment and they're so concerned about the tourists coming in and tearing up their beautiful shopping district. And I'm like, it looks pretty darn beautiful to me all the time. Why is it going to take $25,000? to the Merchants Association exactly. to keep it clean and beautiful. And also, don't you want tourists to come? Because the, people, come money? because the people who spoke out about it were like so nasty towards tourists. It had me like rolling. But what are you going to do? Apparently, Carytown is very influential. <clears throat> They're probably going to get their $25,000. Well, good for them. It better be freaking sparkling. I better not trip on those on the sidewalk anymore. I better I be able to see my face in the sidewalk. <laughs> so clean.
It better be right. My Galaxy Diner food off the side of <laughs> Carrie Town. Yep. That's how clean I want it. Better be. Oh my gosh. <sighs> yeah. So overall, I think you know there's a lot of good stuff, a lot of weird stuff that came this time of being things that did get implemented and passed and put through uh, this budget season. Yeah. I, but, I guess it's always kind of like that. You you yeah. look down the thing and you're going, really? They need money? And that much too? There's always these ones that make you go, hmm. And we're never going to get away from that. I don't think that we're ever going to get away from the district-specific stuff because they're also me, 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 personally invested in it. And at the same time, they're not, I don't know, I feel like they kind of lock themselves into their district instead of... That's how they get reelected not, by their not, district. I was going to say, not everybody does that. No. It's, it's no. certain people, and I think that shows when they fight for things for their district, and it also shows when... They feel like it's something that's going to affect their district. They call all of the convenience store owners. From ding, ding, district. ding. I think our timer's up. Yep. And that's it. Mm-hmm. All right. Y'all think y'all slick. That's okay. <laughs> y'all just going to cut off my disc like that. That's cool. It's all right. We said we were going to keep to it. Yep. Keeping to it. All right. So now we're going to talk about things that the city council decided to cut out of the mayor's budget. I'm putting 15 minutes on the timer. And we're going to start about it now. What you talking about, Chillis? <laughs> no, but really, though, they cut nothing. Nothing. Not a thing. Zilch. Zero. Zero. Not a... <laughs> nope. How'd that happen? I, I don't know. So... Does that it, ever happen? That doesn't happen. I don't know. I don't think that happens. Like, is that a thing? Is are that, they proud are of they themselves for that? that? Like, <laughs> or should we be happy? I don't know. I know. I'm, I'm actually really confused by it. Um... Maybe I shouldn't be. I don't know. Maybe I should be like, yay, look at them. So responsible. Everything was accepted. But at the same time, I'm like, was it laziness? Well, and <laughs> so it, it definitely wasn't, though, because, no. um, you know, we went through couple a couple times, like, iterations of the amendments that they submitted. There were absolutely cuts that were submitted. I know. And what happened to them? What yeah. Well... They decided, every, and, and you get a pothole fix, and you get a green space, and There you. were hours, hours of deliberation about these cuts. And I, I know that there was a little bit of drama, honestly. Um, so, Parker Agilasto, hero of evidently this Patron episode, saint. Patron of all of the cuts on the CIP. Aww. He he did a ton of work, and the council staff did a ton of work going through and reconciling things and just trying to find things that they could cut. And some of the cuts that they'd proposed specifically to the CIP were things that apparently had been completed. But there was still, like, an outstanding – yeah. I, uh, I, Melissa just looking like I'm a crazy person, just so you all know. <laughs> so – they went through and, and some of the cuts were things that were like, oh, well, this is actually listed as a completed project. So there was some level of like miscommunication, whatever. And so they decided to ask for a status update on all of these items. And then the administration came back and was like, oh, actually, like last week we reappropriated these things. So we saw they were canceled or finished. And we like reappropriated other projects starting taken up. And it's cool. they kind of lost their minds a little bit because I don't blame them. Like. They did all of this work to only find out that conveniently they just reallocated all of this stuff. And so I think part of it would I, probably I can, just be like, I'm done. Yeah, I can um, I can feel that. Like, But at the same time. Throwing them papers in the air and just walking out. Yeah, at the same time, I guess I just, I don't, it's kind of weird. It's It's very strange and I don't actually remember a time when there were no cuts so and here's the thing i know a lot of people are probably sitting here questioning because we just talked about what they added so basic addition and subtraction would mean if you're adding without cuts how did you come up with a balanced budget which they're legally required to do so the answer is that there's a couple of different uh, revenue streams that they got updated. So, for example, the projections from, from the real estate department, the assessment department, and different tax revenues and things, they're able to ask them to reconsider the amount that they projected. So in the beginning of budget, they do do a very conservative projection. And then they are able to come back and say, well, actually, the, the most up-to-date information and more accurate is this. So they were able to pull some revenues that way. Obviously, there were some revenues that they pulled from increasing the vehicle uh, the vehicle fee, the license fee. But 
it's kind of just comical. Yeah. I, for me, I just have to think back to when we had this whole discussion about the meals tax. And, you know, there's this whole debate around this $9 million in revenue that they decided that they needed from the meals tax. And a lot of people kept saying, just find $9 million in cuts. Just find it. Just find it. It's cool. And I can't, I can't remember how many people I talked to because my whole response was like, they were up at like five in the morning over $100,000. Right. They spend hours and hours and i'm not talking even like four hour meetings eight hour meetings this is like a 16 hour plus budget meeting trying to come up with a million dollars and then their whole thing ended up just being mayor stoney help us please find these cuts we need the recommendations because we can't do this like yeah but this year that was a no-go right and then this year yeah this year (laughs) we'll get to that a little bit later but this year the administration pretty much said, like, you are on your own. <laughs> but I was listening to, you know, one amendment session or budget session, and uh, Mike Jones, he brought up the point of, like, if we can't agree on these cuts, if we can't come to some kind of consensus where every little thing is this back and forth about, like, who's district and this whole, like, just, we should just accept the budget and call it a day. Like, we are wasting time just sitting here going back and forth over pennies in in contrast to how much we spend on things. And we never come up with an answer. We should just accept the budget. He is my frustration hero. Like when he gets frustrated, I feel him so hard. He's like, you know what? I'm just gonna make that motion. I'm just done with this. We've been here for too long. My dinner's getting cold, let's go. I know. (laughs) I appreciate your sense of efficiency, sir. Which, and speaking, though, back to efficiency, like, this call for the city needs more efficiencies. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff in the CIP pledge that we all want to cut. We really, really do. Yeah. But we can't. There's always a reason why we can't do it. Yeah. If it's a health and safety issue or if it's, well, we have a contract or, well, we have a little bit of money in this pocket, and it's just there's always a reason. This is the agreement we made, you mm-hmm. know, two iterations of council ago. Like this is what we're stuck with. Like this is just life and our reality. It just makes me question, you know, why do we have city council? <laughs> no, I mean it's a, it's an absolute valid question. I don't mean to giggle, but so much this whole thing is. Um... It's always comical. Budget season is always makes you a little bit kind of loony and um, punch drunk. Yeah. And I mean, I think that, you know, I've, I think I asked this question the other day. Why do we have a school board? And, you know, well, if you're council, not going to let them make decisions, why do you exactly, even have it? Exactly. When you have like an administration or city council people that say, I'm not going to fund and do my job unless you do it the way I want you to. Like, what's the point? And then I look at council and it's like, why are you here? I, I, there's all these committees and entities that do your job for you. And then the, you had one job. You're the legislation. Like your biggest job and responsibility is the budget. And twice in a year, I mean, to be fair, this year it was just like chills being like, help me. But mumble 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 yeah but stumble stumble why do you as a body exist if you can't make tough decisions right your entire answer is always we need a study we need a plan well there's reasons we can't cut this we need more time we we need help from the administration we need this we need that like why are you here right why are we paying you twenty five thousand dollars i'm giving you a retirement plan (laughs) your retirement plan yeah like these are not the moments where I feel like you need a retirement plan, right? 5% are not. (laughs) I have no confidence in this. No. (laughs) So here, you know, I need a moment. Here's the other thing though, and this is not specific to cuts, but it kind of is. It's it's just to the whole process and frustrations about council. So I went to a few of the budget sessions and I also went back and re-listened to some of them because again, apparently I don't value my own time. 
Or you're a glutton for punishment. We are. All of them? I don't know. Is that our our new motto? RVA dirt. I'm going to pause really quick to just say, once you get really into it, it's just funny. Yeah. It it actually becomes amusing when you start to, like, get all the dynamics down of things. It's really not as boring as you'd think. Trust us. You should totally do it, too. Yeah. It's, it's, It's addictive once you get there. But anyway, beyond the point. So when I'm listening to these meetings, they don't vote by name. They don't do a voice vote. So when I'm sitting in the in a budget session, I can see they say, and I didn't even think of this when I was sitting there. They say, all right, do I have consensus? And by they, I mean Chilbs says, do I have consensus on this item? And so consensus could be on a cut. It could be on an addition. It could be on any number of things that they're trying to get done in this thing. Like, do I just have consensus? And then he looks around and he counts hands. Now, inherent problem, radio listeners, right now, how many hands do Melissa and I have in the air? Melissa has two fingers in the air, so. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you can't tell. So when I go back and listen to these meetings, all of a sudden I just hear him go, do I have consensus? All right, we have consensus. Keep it moving. So as, as a constituent, I can't go back and listen to who voted in favor of this. Who voted against this? And, you know, sometimes they always have discussion. And I would notice that some council people that dissented were very clear to say, I am not voting in favor of this. But to me, just the silence is so complicit. Well, yeah. And especially unless you are there, you can't keep a scorecard. Right. And that really gets my goat, honestly. I like to know exactly how my councilwoman votes on my behalf and how all the rest of them are voting on the city's behalf um and when you do consensus that's not transparency no especially in a process when you have things like non-departmental funds that are grants to various organizations across the city i ended up listening to a really long discussion at like one in the morning this morning on a budget work item a work meeting about um someone had proposed the dream academy and the Dream Academy is uh, Joanne Henry has an adult education school system program thing that's in the third district. So Hilbert brought this to the table. And I happen to know that apparently they are just basically using the Dream Academy as like the fiduciary on this, but it's actually kinfolk that's trying to do like Food Justice Alliance, but they're using, there's a partnership here with Dream Academy. Okay. Yeah. But. There were so many questions on this. And it didn't get added to the budget. And the questions, honestly, I think it's because, like, Chilbs had no answers about it. It's like somebody just put something in front of him and he was reading it. All right. This sounds all right to me. It was really weird how it came up, honestly. I have no facts. He had no answers about the program that he was advocating. So this is the exact thing of where I have a problem with consensus because – to me, that sounded suspicious, even as my own sure. council person. And even though, you know, the Richmond Food Justice Alliance, I know the people that do it. I think that they do amazing work. But when my council person can't even speak to what they're doing and what the money is and who all the different organizations involved are, I'm sitting here going, how did this even get in front of you? Yeah, it's a fantastic question. And and then on top of it, like as a next layer, let's say it got approved like that. Like, I would want to know who were the five and who were the four. Well, now I'm wondering... In the past, how many things like this that council folk have had put in front of them and they don't have all the information, they just voted through on consensus. And then it's gone to pot later on and we can't actually hold certain people accountable because we have no clue who voted for it. Right. Who voted against it. Right. And because to me at some point that feels like patronage. Oh, sure. And it feels like an absolute broken system and people getting handouts from the city because of relationships with people. And that's not just their relationship with their council person, but that's also their council person's relationship with the other players. Because if it's on like a 5-4 vote with so many questions, or 5-4 consensus with so many questions, like, yeah, it makes me question who's looking across the table. Because an important thing I guess I could also mention, you know, while you can watch visually city council meetings online or city council meetings on TV, Committee meetings are just audio. Audio. And last night's... Last night still hasn't been posted. Still hasn't been posted. And when I was trying to listen to it live, I wasn't getting it. Yeah. And that, to me, is also a problem, which I'm sure we could go on another day and talk about the technology issues that we have here that aren't part of the budget. I really wouldn't have as much of a problem if 
because I, I get that there's some level and element of Robert's rules of orders. They decided that this is the time to follow it, I guess. <laughs> but, <laughs> but by the same um, token, you know. We're punch drunk. Why can't we just have a video stream? Like, it should be a video stream for every single public meeting. There should be no excuses there. It's not like it can't be done. If you can do it on city council Mondays. If you can dream it, you can do it. That's right. I might have been at, like, school board way too long talking about dreams last night. <sighs> Did Michelle Mosby pop up? Dream- teamwork makes the dream work? No, but Aww, there was. There was, back, like a, there was a school board progressive reading of A Dream Deferred by Langston Hughes. So we are kind of close. Oh, It was good. It was I'm interesting. I'm sad I missed that, actually. Yeah, it was. That's a left field comment, but. Hey, whatever. <laughs> we're pretty much in left field at this point anyway. We are at the tail end of budget season, which makes everyone nuts. Anybody who follows city council, it just makes you absolutely nuts. Impressive timing, Melissa. Nice way to wrap it up. You know me. Miss Snappy. been listening to RVA Dirt's Municipal Mania. Mania, 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 mania. Right here on WRIRLP 97.3 FM, Richmond Independent Radio. So moving on, we're going to talk about uh, things that they tried to do, but failed. That just did not go through at womp, all. Womp, womp. I love a good failure. Yeah. So it's clicking start on the time. I don't know where to start on this, honestly. Um, I'm just frustrated. The death of the park patrol. We can start there because that's like less frustrating for me. Yeah. <laughs> so the death of the park patrol because hmm. this kind of made me laugh a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they wanted to have a park ranger that would go around to our parks. Excuse me. Deputized. Yeah. Yeah. This is. So they want to have a park ranger and there was this whole discussion about should the person be deputized or Y'all not. Y'all can't see our faces but right now I'm just thinking about like Andy Griffith and Nope. Goofy. I'm not doing it. Mm-mm. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead, Jesse. I'm not even doing it. Deputizing Yogi and Boo Boo. I was going to go with Dudley Do Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not doing it. So they wanted to deputize somebody because the idea behind the park ranger was just have somebody there that's able to monitor what's going on in the parks and basically act in a way that we're police but not really police because just telling people to leave when there's a problem. And somebody raised the not point. Enough. Somebody, Chris Hilbert, raised the point of, well, shouldn't they be able to, like, write a ticket or have some kind of authority so they need to deputize the person? Other than running somebody down yelling, citizens arrest. Exactly. And that opened this whole door because the way the thing is worded says that it's just for high traffic parks. And Reva and Councilman Jones wanted to know what qualifies as high traffic well yeah that's a good question because what does determine high traffic and i think that they were originally (laughs) so the first one that they came up with was the idea that it's based on how many calls come into from the parks so how many calls like a police officer would get coming from a park of course the counter to that so so then it's high traffic crime related it's like high drug trafficking okay well and think about though you know somebody who lives at monroe park cough cough monroe park conservancy let's pretend like that's open right now or even abner clay um the people that are there might be more inclined to call the police when they see a problem Mm -hmm. which is what councilman jones brought up was that in his district people are not going to call the cops so is that really a good definition of high traffic right or high need like how are we how are we thinking about this you know and he brought up specifically i think it was broad rock park and problems that happened there on sundays and what would happen if somebody walked in who wasn't deputized and you know what, what's the deal and where would these people be patrolling who would it actually impact councilwoman gray really wanted to know if the person could help with the uh people that are defecating on her car bye just spraying it everywhere. <laughs> she Sorry. to clarify, she lives near Clay Abner. Abner Clay. Sorry, I always I always work for reverse those words. Oh. That did not pass. Oh. 
there's just so many questions on how would that work and what was the point and what are they really trying to do and would it be impactful? <clears throat> oh, that one was kind of just amusing to me. Yeah. The other one that I want to go on to is something that failed was Councilman Agilasto made so many cuts. He just took a red pen through the CIP plan and just tried just like forget Stone Bistro. He did exactly what he said he was going to do with the United Meals tax of just like say goodbye to Main Street Station, say goodbye to the Redskins, say goodbye to the Stone Bistro. That was so inspiring. It was. He tried. He tried. They failed. Um, Basically, every single one of the CIP amendments that they proposed to talk about, the administration came back with a document that explained why they shouldn't do it. And this is like, if you do this, you will die. Mm, It's how it feels and how it reads. (laughs) There was one that they went back and forth on for a while that was actually the police training academy. Apparently has steel beams that are rusty and look really, really bad. Like, my big question is, first of all, how did this happen? Second of all, it's really hard for me not to make a jet fuel can't melt steel beams comment every time I talk about steel beams in the police academy, Mm -hmm. just so you know. (laughs) Completely unrelated. Um, But stuff like that, like they said, like, well, this is a health and safety issue. This is a health and safety issue. This is a health and safety issue. I mean, but did it just become an issue this year? That's my concern. It's like somebody just checked and was like, you know what? I think we might have a moisture problem here. Oh, my Mm. goodness. Like, rust doesn't come. I mean, it takes time for it to oxidize. and Right. So when we got the first little bubble of. Which, to be fair, that one passed, hilariously enough. So I'm kind of in the wrong section on that one. (laughs) (laughs) But we just wanted to throw it out there. But I really wanted a really good example of, like, this people will be injured and they, they were showing on all of the different impacts of things of like this will happen this will happen so it got really hard for city council to really agree on cuts to the cip because they have the administration that's coming in saying here is the disaster that will happen if you don't do this and i really started to wonder you know when the school board has the same comments it's not enough and sufficient for them to hmm. get money when the administration comes in and says this about city buildings hmm. now it's a problem Oh, and I really, I really wonder if it's lawsuit avoidance. Hmm. So do they know that? That's a good thought. That's what I'm wondering. Like if something goes wrong at a school, who gets sued? I'm assuming the school district. School district. Hmm. If something goes wrong with a city building with like police, that's a city problem. Mm-hmm. And so I'm wondering if that's the underlying theme on where health and safety becomes a problem for them hmm. is when it involves something that could get them sued as a city which is kind of odd and funny to me because technically the city funds schools for like 40 percent of it or something so i feel like either way it's going to be a problem for the city but i'm wondering if that's just their part of their decision making process it's just the kids it's nobody it's just the kids no we don't we don't care about the future of our children just the kids y'all chill out Speaking of, another thing that failed is uh, Parker Agilasto had put in $15 million. So the reason he was trying to take a ton out of the CIP was because he was trying to put in $15 million for school maintenance. Mm -hmm. And this embarked on an exciting adventure. Mm -hmm. Uh, At the school work session meeting where they started to talk about it, there were the allegations that in their budget book, the school has been sitting on millions of dollars of maintenance funds. How dare they? How dare mm-hmm. they? Mm-hmm. And they kept saying it's $14 million of funds. It's $14 million. And then at some point I heard $12 million. I heard $9 million. Like, whatever this amount is, schools are sitting on maintenance funds. So at some point they call down Superintendent Jason Cameras <laughs> and are like, what up with this money, man? And so he came down and explained that that's not the issue here. So this is money. It used to be $18 million that was allocated several fiscal years ago, mm-hmm. and it is now down to $14 million, a little – it's like $13.7 million, but mm-hmm. you can round up. And it's specifically for school planning. Mm. Yeah. And so that's how it was originally allocated because – Yeah. And it's for school planning, so now this money is being put back into add to the $150 million. To now make it 164 million to go towards like the planning needs of the school construction that they're about to undergo. So in this though, Superintendent Cameras gets down there, and <laughs> Councilman Larson says that he is incorrect. There are two pots of money, and that 
he might need to check his numbers, at which point he says he is more than happy if there is a separate pot of money to go reconcile that with his people and find out that there is more money. I can't. This is then when Councilman Gray and Councilman Trammell go all the way in mm-hmm. on cameras. Mm-hmm talking about how like how dare you pay a superintendent two hundred and fifty thousand dollars and here he <sighs> is before us and he doesn't even know his budget and da, 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 just railing that's into the that's not man. even the sorry go ahead oh, and him sit down oh that was reva oh was, that, that was reva, reva. okay reva reva needs to be permanently screwed to her seat mm-hmm. yeah. <clears throat> um, sit all the way down kim was going on about it just the waste of money and how could they how dare they sit on this money and yada 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 which also side note the money's been sitting there for several fiscal years also Thank while you. she was on while board she, she was on spent the it. board oh, yeah she was on school board but they basically just told him and they acted like he was a complete idiot he leaves and as a side note he was called in last minute and had no preparation for this or knowledge or awareness this was going to happen so to be fair to him that's a whole thing so then the next day he sends city council uh updated information there are no two pots of money whatever the heck they're looking at hasn't been reconciled Mm. with the school district since june Mm. on their on their budget book it has a note that actually says that we reconcile this once a year in june Mm. Mm. and you can hear in the budget work session councilman gray kind of like not saying so we were wrong oops but asking every question that was to clarify, like, but we were wrong, though. And they still, at the end of this whole thing, blame the school district for the reason the information in their budget book put together by their administration was incorrect because they didn't give updated information in time. Which, again, they update the information every single month. It's on the school board website. Like, I don't understand how we can't. Where's this communication I was about breakdown? to say, they have a register of every check that goes out that you can easily access and look at and keep track of. So this doesn't hold water to me. That's like too and much so like right. And so then even after they get all this stuff, um, this is now on the April 30th budget work session meeting. Then first of all, that eight, that 15 million for school maintenance, that failed. Then Parker had 12.5 million he was trying to put into the general fund that was for 2020, just as like a promise, because this is a biennial budget. Right. Anything in 2020 still has to be redone once they get revenues, but it's kind of like a, an earmark of like, we're gonna figure this out mm-hmm. and how to put this money here. The reason that number is significant is because that's the number of one-time funds that Stony reappropriated to the district this year. So the idea behind it is to give the school district enough confidence to hire the people for the salaries off of one-time funds that the Hmm. money's going to be there the next year. That got shut down off of the same rhetoric logic that they had just been corrected off of, that they had all of this extra money, how they doubt the school administration's ability to do any of these things. And it's just every single excuse to not give money to schools. Sorry, a moment of silence. Yeah. So that one frustrated me to absolutely no end. But that amendment failed. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, out of all of these, the only person's name that I saw next to anything for schools was Parker. Actually trying to do something for schools. Yeah. Because he said that he would. Mm -hmm. He said that. We, once again, join our hero in a quagmire of BS. (sighs) And it's frustrating to hear city leaders that just speak to each other with such hatred and vitriol. Oh, my gosh. The way these guys talk to each other is so rude. They should have had, look, you may feel whatever way you want about cameras, but have some respect. Mm -hmm. For a human. For a human being, have some respect. The way these people talk to each other is appalling. Hmm. And I thought, because I've watched various iterations of city council, and they have said some seriously appalling things to each other in years past. During Especially this, when they're making decisions off of inaccurate information. Right. But like during the 2016 election, it was all, oh, we're going to work so hard together and we're going to respect each other and we're going to demand accountability out of each other. And no, nope. that's not what is happening. No, nope. You have a few. I'm not going to, you know, discount the few real leaders that we have, but it's less than a handful. There are nine people up there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> The disappointment just washing over me. Oh, also this. This is a, a, I thought was fun. I'm going to quote a piece from uh, the RTD real quick. Okay. 
Council President Chris Hilbert of the 3rd District earlier this week wrote a letter to Stoney asking him to help the council find its priorities by proposing $1.2 million of cuts to the capital budget. In a response to Hilbert sent Wednesday, Stoney demurred, saying he was loath to assist the council in balancing the budget for a second consecutive year. And here's the best part of this. So I was tweeting about it as I, I was reading and hearing it. And that wasn't the entire school board, or, or sorry, the entire city council that uh, voted on that letter. That was just like Hilbert looking for the easy way out on his own, flying solo. I love this. I believe I have fulfilled my duty in proposing a capital improvement plan that is balanced and consistent with my outlined citywide priorities and see no requirement to identify reductions that could be used by council to shift priorities typically to new projects within their respective districts. Okay, Stoney boom. wrote, insert Cameron, you mad gif mm-hmm. here. They're just mad that they didn't get money that was specifically allocated to their districts. Mm-hmm. That's all this is. It, it's over little projects that didn't get money. Mm-hmm. This is my, that was just my favorite it's not all of them. snippet. Oh, it was, it was a riot and a half. <gasps> and there we are. The timer. All right. So we have, though, a couple minutes left. Um, <clears throat> so I do want to have one final question for everybody to answer. Okay. Everybody gets one minute. Oh, Lord. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> do you think this city council budget season was a win or fail and why? Oh, no, it's a fail to me. It, I was going to say, it's, it, I don't even know if there's an argument to say that it's not a fail. I say, I think it's a fail because... Continually, we get promise after promise after promise of what they're going to do. They run their platforms on these things. The mayor, even though everybody doesn't follow, I guess, every one of those promises, the mayor said, I'm going to put things in the budget that are whole child oriented, that I think will help. And you shot them down and you shot down every everything that came across. I mean, I mean, the mills tax made it, but but barely, barely. You shot down everything else to fund these schools to get the money. And then you turn around and blame school board. You turn around and blame somebody else. Always. And it, it doesn't work that way. You know, it just doesn't work that way. The mayor creates the budget. You approve it. And then the schools spend the money. Yeah. The school is not responsible I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, it's like the bl- it, it's like the never-ending blame game. We need the money. The buildings are falling apart. Who do we point the finger at? Well, yeah, well you've got Councilwoman Gray saying things like, "Oh, you can't trust the school board." You were on the school board, girl. What you talking about? It's it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating how they they sit here and say that schools are a top priority for them, and then they show us once again. That that is so so not true. And I don't want to hear any crap from people who are like, all they ever think about is people with kids in RPS. It doesn't affect me. It affects you. It affects you. And it's going to affect your future because those kids that come out of RPS are the ones who are going to be our future leaders. They're going to be our future workforce. And if you don't invest in them now, they're going to be our future criminals. Right. For say it like it is. You want to stand up at a city council meeting and say you don't have kids or you don't have anybody in RPS, so it doesn't affect you. You don't know where your place is. Well, you'll find out when uh, these little kids that have dropped out of school and don't have after-school programs to go to, they can't get on a, a free bus ride to get to the library to do anything they need to do. You've taken all their funding, and they're breaking out, busting out your window, stealing your radio. I don't hear about it. I don't mm-hmm. hear about it. I think it was a uh, wind fail. That's an option. Specifically, uh, it's an absolute failure for students, for children, Mm -hmm. for almost the whole of Richmond. But it's also a win for the people that uh, are paying attention and continue to spread the word about which council people are not doing their job. Way to put a positive spin on that. Yeah. I like that. Yes, I like that, too. Because guess what, guys? 2020 is going to come up faster than you think. And if you think you're safe in your seat, you need to think again. Mm-hmm. There are already rumblings about people running and replacing. People are looking for your replacements, city council members. Already. They're talking about it already. Don't feel safe. Like Chris Silbert's like, it's my time. It's my time trying to kick Montague out of council. No, sir. Your time may very well be up. 
So you need to take that time as valuable and do the good work. You're not doing it. There are very few people on council that are doing the good work right now and are truly thinking about every single citizen. And we don't expect perfection. No. We just want you to do what you said you was going to do when you said you was going to do it and like look like you remotely trying to look like you're doing it. That's it. I mean. But yeah, you are right, though. It is a win for getting the word out about what's not working, who's not working. And I think it's going to be a really fun election season in a few Uh, years. Just so you guys know, we went over three minutes because I didn't hear any objections. (laughs) (laughs) Are we going to do this now across the board for every episode? I kind of like it. I'm going to be, you know, exerting Chilbert's rules of order right now. Chilbertian? Chilbertian. (laughs) Anyway. So thank you for joining us in our uh, program this week where we were able to talk about what got cut, what got added, and what failed in the city council portion of the budget sessions. And we're putting our soapboxes back in our pockets. Thank you. Yeah, I'm going to put that one. Fold that back up. Put it away in my purse. Um, Don't worry. They're still there. We have plenty of soapboxes to climb back up on. Yep. And again, Richmond Public Schools doesn't have adequate facilities or funding. Oh. Still. Still. So thank you for listening to RVA Dirt's Municipal Mania. (laughs) (laughs) And that'll do it for another episode of RVA Dirt's Municipal Mania right here on WRIRLP 97.3 FM Richmond Independent Radio. We produce our own show. And our theme song is Manic Monday because most municipal meetings are held on, you guessed it, Mondays. You should think about checking your sanity at the City Hall door and join us sometime. If you can't make it, we got you, boo. Hit us up on Twitter, Insta, and Facebook at RVA Dirt to start a conversation or follow along with all the local government shenanigans under the hashtags RVA Council, RPS Board, and RVA Mayor. You can also listen to past episodes online in the WRAR archives or on our SoundCloud. Until next time, friends, stay involved, stay informed, stay loud stay annoying your local government officials love it i promise Cash moves everything around me. Green, get the money dollar dollar bill yeah.